Hello and welcome to a new episode of Latinidad in the Loo. I'm your host, Miguel Rincana, and with me today, I have lawyer Francisco Carretero. He is one of the three nominees to be submitted to Governor Michael Parson to fill the associate circuit position in the city of St. Louis. Hi, Francisco. How are you? Well, I'm doing well. Thank you very much for inviting me here. Thank you for being with us uh, today. We're going to be talking about you, about your life, uh, what it would be to be considered to be an associate judge, and much, much more. So first sure. of all, just tell us a little bit about yourself for those who, know, who don't know who Francisco is. Okay. Well, uh, my, uh, uh, my family and I immigrated from Spain, Madrid, Spain, in 1970, and we, um, we started our roots here in the San Luis area. Uh, my parents uh, worked, or my, my, my dad worked in the restaurant business, and my mom was a, a house cleaner for many years. And I have uh, uh, two brothers. My parents mm -hmm. sacrificed tremendously for, uh, for us to get a good education. Um, I have uh, I've, uh, been educated here in, in, in the city of St. Louis. I went to St. Louis U High, uh, went to University of Missouri-Columbia undergrad, and then um, and went uh, and graduated with a law degree from St. Louis University. Um, I have three beautiful daughters, uh, grown daughters, who all unfortunately live out of, out of state. Um, and I have, uh, after I, I graduated from, from law school, I started working for a small firm uh, doing primarily civil litigation. Okay. And I worked there for about eight years, and then after that, I started my own practice. And uh, except for a sh uh, for a short stint working at another small firm, I've had a small practice since roughly 1999, okay. and and um, primarily civil litigation with some minor criminal. My office is actually just down the street from your office. It's on uh, 6100 South Grand. Okay. Oh, so yeah. we're we're really close. Uh, what what yeah. made you what made you choose the career in law? Um, I think I decided when I was in grade school, um, being an immigrant I, and um, learning English a lot better than my parents did, mm -hmm. I was always, it always seemed that I was assisting them with various personal and business matters okay. um, because I, I knew English better. And so uh, I guess it started with this idea of service, uh, initially service to my family. Mm -hmm. And then I, um, I thought that it was uh, the legal profession is a noble profession for service to others because essentially what you're doing is you're helping other people solve legal problems whatever they may yeah, be yeah. so that kind of guided me in that direction okay okay and like you like you mentioned your parents immigrated from spain here and so you've you've been here for a while your brother owns a Guido's Pizzeria. Guido's Pizza, we, yeah. we actually we, we were recording. We were at this uh, restaurant last week. Recording, oh, very good. Yeah, very we good. recorded. Very good. A, a, I think a, I saw a clip okay. on, on Instagram or something. Yeah, yeah and you yeah. guys are very involved with like the Hispanic community. Right. Like you both are members of the chamber, and yes. you guys have done all this. Your other brother, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, he was a police officer in St. Yeah, Louis. Yeah, my, right? my older brother uh, Joe Jose mm -hmm. is actually um, he is a 40 year veteran, military veteran. He was in the Marine Corps as well as in the Army Reserve. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, he's retired as well as a retired sergeant from the city uh, of okay. San Police Department, yes. So with, with all that being said, you are, are obviously being part of the community, the Hispanic community for a long time. Yes. Uh, what Can you tell us about changes that you have seen in the Hispanic community over the years? Well, I, th I think probably the largest change mm -hmm. is the size of the community. I okay. think when uh, we moved here in 1970, there, there was a small group and I still remember uh, there was a, a Latin American 
club that was on Watson, and my parents would go, and there were Spaniards and Mexicans and Nicaraguans and Argentinians, and we all would get there to socialize. And it seemed like it, it was a fairly small community. Mm -hmm. It's grown tremendously in, in the last 50 years, and uh, not just as a community, but also businesses. I mean, there's been such an explosion of Hispanic businesses in the Hispanic community, not just you know, in the Cherokee neighborhood, but just throughout the city of St. Louis, St. Charles, over on the east side, um, from restaurants to manufacturing companies, et cetera, that are Hispanic owned. My brother, I, uh, my brother, as an example, um, he has at, at the restaurant has over 40 employees, uh -huh. uh, some of whom are Hispanic. Yeah. So um, I think that's probably the greatest uh, change that I've seen in the Hispanic community. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I agree with you because I know I've said it before, but when I when I came here, I I, I was in Missouri and I was like, I'm not gonna find any Latinos because you know it never it never occurred to me that Missouri had or St. Louis had so many so many Hispanics yeah. here. Like you mentioned, St. Charles, like Lindenwood University, right. that's where I graduated from. There were so many. There's so many Hispanics that go there and. You know, even even uh, even in St. Louis, I found pupusas. Like I'm, I'm from El Salvador, and found yeah. pupusas. I never thought I was gonna find right. that right. here. So yeah, the, the community has has grown a lot. And what kind of involvement have you had with the with the Hispanic community? Well, I, my my involvement stems back from when I was little. I mean, mm -hmm. I remember having uh, helping my my parents. Um, at the original VP Fair years ago, where various Latin small Latin groups would have booths there, mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. I remember that. Uh, over the years, I've been active with the Hispanic Leaders Group um, on the board there. Mm -hmm. okay. um, I've been a member of Hispanic Chamber, and then also in my own private practice, um, I have a significant number of Hispanic clients, mm -hmm. and I always try to assist them if I can help them um, as a lawyer. Uh, in terms of representing them on a case, but even if I can't, even if it's it's an area of the law that I don't handle, or just something that they don't need a lawyer, but mm -hmm. perhaps just a direction to go to a, to another agency, mm -hmm. uh, I'll always try to do that. Okay. Uh, oftentimes pro bono. I'm not. I don't charge for it. I just okay. people yeah. call me up and say, "What do you think about this?" And I say, "Well, I think you need to go to this particular agency." Mm -hmm. Like, like uh, uh, as an example, I get a, a few calls every once in a while regarding folks like, well, they didn't pay me overtime. Um, well, I said, well, why don't you call Missouri? Uh, there's a particular agency that okay. deals with that and talk to them first and see what they have to say. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. And uh, do you think, because, um, you know, Lana, you would, you're nominated, like we mentioned earlier, as a, to be an associate circuit judge. Um, what do you think you could do? And maybe, maybe first of all, let's start with what what does an associate circuit judge do for those who do, for those who don't know? Right, associate circuit judge uh, generally hears cases where there's a dispute there that's less than twenty five thousand dollars. Okay. So generally, um, that's just part of what they do. So dockets like landlord tenant docket, collection docket, uh, minor criminal. Um, um, in the criminal aspect, they, they will do preliminary hearings, arraignments, um, okay. sometimes bond reductions. Um, so that's on the criminal aspect. On the civil, they'll do uh, collections, landlord-tenant, small claims matters, um, some domestic matters, okay, okay. Uh, orders of protection, that sort of thing. So it encompasses quite a variety of areas of the law. Um, I have been fortunate that in my 31 years, 
of practicing that I, I have handled most, if not all, those areas. Okay. So I think I am, um, because of my experience and qualifications, I'm uniquely qualified to handle those types of cases. It's still going to be a learning cur- curve yeah. going from being a lawyer in private practice yeah. to handling, for example, a bulk docket of uh, landlord-tenant matters that could be 100 or 200 cases. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, that's that's generally what the associate circuit division does. Okay. And, and they do handle sometimes some jury trials as well. Okay, okay. But it has to be lower than 25000 Usually the amount in, in, in controversy is less than $25,000. Mm-hmm. Now, you can try a case... But then it has to be. My understanding is it has to be. It would have to be approved by a circuit judge if the amount okay. in, in controversy or the amount of, of the judgment is greater than twenty five. Yeah. Okay, and uh, I don't. If you can talk about it, mm-hmm. what what plans do you have for the future? If you are elected uh, an associate circuit judge, and even if you're not elected, you have different plans for the future. Well, um, if I'm fortunate enough for Governor Parson to appoint me, um, you know, one of the goals I. Uh, is to get out in the community. That's something I've discussed in, in the past. That's one of the reasons I'm here. I think um, going out and speaking to groups, um, whether it's here at the chamber, mm-hmm. whether it's at uh, Our Leader Guadalupe or St. Cecilia's or the Hispanic Leaders Group or whatever, I think it educates folks about what uh, a judge does and I think it gives them greater confidence, not just in government, but in the judiciary. Mm-hmm. And, and if I don't, I just go back to private practice. And again, I've, as, as I've mentioned a couple of folks in the past, you know, I'm, I'm more than available to talk to folks as well uh, about what a lawyer does and, uh, and, uh, and maybe help them through their, through their whatever legal issue or problem they have. Yeah. Um, so what are your thoughts regarding representation? Because if I'm not mistaken, you would be the first immigrant uh, associate circuit judge in, in St. Louis and the first Hispanic and even the first... A judge who speaks Spanish. Right. If, if I'm uh, uh, if I'm fortunate enough for the governor to appoint me, I would be the first immigrant uh, Hispanic Spanish speaking judge. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what it does, as I alluded to earlier, I think it it gives the public confidence in government, confidence in the ju- judicial system, because. I, I do firmly believe whether I'm appointed or whether someone else is appointed, I think the uh, judiciary in the city and the county and the area in general, um, as well as you know, state and federal, I think it should mirror or reflect the community at large. Uh, we, in the city of San Luis, we have a diverse community. Mm-hmm. And, and I've said this uh, in the past to the commission, I've said it to a lot of other folks, and that is that I think um, in the future, hopefully we'll have you know, a Hispanic judge, hopefully we'll have a Bosnian judge, an yeah. Asian American judge, because yeah. that's who we are as a community. That's who we are, not only in St. Louis, but in the whole you know, metropolitan area. Yeah. So I think we need, we need more of that. That's, uh, but, but again, um, I'm a firm believer that uh, it, you don't select someone just because, oh, they're Hispanic or because they're Asian American or whatever. It's, they have to be, uh, they, it's merit and they have to be well qualified for the yeah. position. Yeah, absolutely. But, you, you know, uh, diversity also in the judiciary system, it's its a good thing, right? Um, what, do, what do you think it would, uh, how do you think it would improve if, if there was like not, maybe you, but uh, like a Hispanic or a Bosnian or some, or some judge that's not 
uh, that, that it's an immigrant, how do you think that would improve the the system? Because I feel like if if you have a Hispanic judge in this case, um, even more people would, would, would like reach out and, and, and do things because a lot of people don't go to court or don't, first of all, because lawyers, they can afford it, but also right. because like right. they don't speak Spanish. So, right. so even right. if they went, they have no idea what's going on. Right. Well, so I, I think I think your question is what you know. If, if I'm if I were to be appointed, how could I possibly make a difference in court? Yeah. And I think first and foremost, I mean, just having someone who's who who's, who speaks Spanish and Hispanic there, I think, is that it gives greater confidence. Someone yeah. walks in, and, and you know, and maybe you know, perhaps they're not going to you know, my division, let's say, for example, but they're going to another division, but they see my name and say, oh, there's a Hispanic here. Yeah. We're, but we're represented. And I think that, that instills confidence in the system. Mm -hmm. I think also a little bit of pride saying, yeah. you know, we're, we've got a little bit of a seat on the, at the table, the table here, right? sort of yeah. idea. And the second thing is from a more practical standpoint, I think there's a misconception that because I speak Spanish, that somehow I can serve as an interpreter. I can't uh, do that because my role is as uh, a unbiased, impartial uh, participant in this process. Mm -hmm. So what I would be, I would, but I, I, I could direct someone to say, look, this gentleman doesn't appear to speak English very well. He needs an interpreter services. So yeah. let's go ahead and perhaps continue the case if, uh, or let's bring an interpreter in to assist him. And if there's not one available, let's continue the case, give them an opportunity to do that. Mm -hmm. And I would do that whether uh, someone has an attorney or whether someone uh, is pro se and doesn't have an attorney. Because mm -hmm. I think it's it's very, very important to have uh, proper um, interpretation services. Actually, I think there's a rule that, that um, um, requires uh, the court system to provide an interpreter for individuals who do not speak English uh, very well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, did uh why why do you want to be an associate circuit judge? Is there something that happened in in your life that you were like, wow, I feel like if I were a judge, I would make a difference in this state, or or is it just something your next step in your career, or or, or why why do you want to be? Mm -hmm. well, what would you like to be yeah, the next associate I, I circuit think, judge? I think the answer is sort of both. I think part of it is um, it goes back to my. Um, my strong belief in service mm -hmm. and for the greater good mm -hmm. and started with my family, started my own practice. And I think this to me is sort of the next step of being able to to uh, work for the greater good and the meaning the greater good meaning the citizens of the city of St. Louis mm -hmm. and the state of Missouri. So that's that's one aspect of it and that's the primary aspect of it. The second aspect of it is professionally, yes. Yeah. You know, I've been a lawyer for 31 years. I practice in a tried uh, over 25 cases, et cetera, um, and I've been involved as second chair for dozens and dozens of cases. So I, from a professional standpoint, um, it is sort of a next logical step for me. And I mm -hmm. think also, I guess the third thing would be uh, to fill a need. We don't have a Hispanic lawyer. Yeah. I think we do. Yeah. I'm a strong believer in the diversity on the bench. And so as a result of that, I, I feel there's a need for that. Um, and um, I, I hope that I'm able to do that and fill that need. Yeah, no, I, I, I hope so too. Yes. Thank um, you. Yeah, no, absolutely. But um, I was also, I was also gonna going to ask. Do you think? Do you think that? Uh, how much you did? Does, did your family? The fact that they're immigrants, and you know 
how hard they had to work mm. for you to be in the position that you're in right now more than maybe a little hard, hard to work a little harder than someone that's already lived here that no knows the language how how does that affected you or or motivated you well um my family has an incredible work ethic mm -hmm. and i think that's part of the immigrant tradition i mean yeah. work ethic we, yeah. we work very very hard i'm not saying other folks don't <laughs> but they, they, they do yeah. but but you know my 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 mom and dad worked very very hard uh, my dad worked six hours or i'm sorry six days a week waiting tables yeah. and my mom you know worked four or five days a week uh cleaning houses so that we can get to where we are and 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 my brother miguel being a successful restaurateur, my brother being you know in law enforcement, myself being uh, being an attorney, um, and this in, this work ethic mm -hmm. that they've instilled in us is um, an example. My mom and dad still go to the restaurant. Uh, my my dad is eighty eight years old. I'm uh, going to be eighty nine in October. My mom's going to be eighty five in September, and they they still go to the restaurant at least th three or four days. And they want to work there. They want to. They want to contribute. Wow. They have that drive. Yeah. My older brother, who is retired, he still works for a security company. Although you know he's retired from both military and the police department. Mm -hmm. And my younger brother owning a restaurant, he's putting in sixty plus hours, yeah. if not more, a week running that. Yeah. You know, with forty employees. So it's just, it's work ethic that's instilled in us. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, I think that's one of the. Um, Attributes that if uh, that I that I bring to the table uh, as as an attorney, mm -hmm. but also if I'm fortunate to be appointed um, as a associate circuit judge. Yeah, and uh, just like like I said before, we wish you the best of luck. Is Thank there you. is there anything else you would like to say before before we wrap the show up? No, uh, um, except that if uh, if someone is interested in supporting me, that they can contact me. Mm -hmm. uh, my email is fjc at fjc law firm, mm -hmm. um, and I can give them information about um, uh, about who to contact in the governor's office. Okay. Uh, I know the governor; um, they do they do want public input okay. from. Um, all members of the community, mm -hmm. and and you know if you know me, just, uh, they they certainly appreciate any letters of support or encouragement uh, or recommendation. Okay. They do like that. So if someone would like to do that, uh, reach out to me, and I'll be more than happy to send them the appropriate information. Okay, perfect. Can you say your email so we can put it down here and sure. people can contact it's, uh, you? It's fjc at fjclawfirm.com. Okay, then I uh, will we'll put it down here. So if you guys want to support Francisco, and uh, you you guys can send him an email and and do what you what you just mentioned. Sure. So this has been the end of Latina in Dulu. I am your host Miguel Rincan, and don't forget to follow us in all of our social media accounts: Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. We're all as the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Thank you, Francisco, for being with us today. You're welcome. Muchas and, gracias. Yeah, and I, and we'll see you guys in the next one. Okay, thank you.